Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Cassandra Borchers with Thompson Hine. Hi, Cassandra. How are you doing today? I'm great. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for asking. Cassandra, give us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with Thompson Hine. Oh, great. And first of all, Chris, thank you very much for having having me. So uh, my name's Cassandra. I'm a partner at Thompson Hine, which is a law firm. We actually have offices in New York, D.C., Atlanta, and throughout the state of Ohio. I've been practicing law for over 20 years, working primarily in the investment management space with private funds, such as hedge funds, private equity, venture capital, registered funds, um, mutual, you know, those are mutual funds, investment advisors, and regulatory compliance. And really within the la- past year, I have gotten very heavily involved with our blockchain practice group. Throughout my career, I've been lucky enough to work with many entrepreneurs and startups in various different capacities, and all of that experience lends itself well to working in the blockchain space. Because blockchain and, by extension, cryptocurrency is relatively new and a rapidly expanding market, some people have compared it to the Internet boom 20 years ago, and I've seen blockchain described as the ultimate ultimate disruptor. So because of that, it's it's really exciting. It's really exciting for us here at Thompson Hine, and I really think everyone in the space. While blockchain technology is complex, the concept is actually relatively simple. It's really just a distributed, open-source, secure ledger. 
and blockchain seems to have infinite possibilities and applications. When utilized to create cryptocurrencies, uh, such as tokens, coins, or digital asset rights, these touch upon several potential areas of regulation. So that's where I, I get involved. Anyone who's operating in the space in the United States needs to be concerned about the Securities and Exchange Commission, FINRA, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or FinCEN, the IRS and tax treatment, and of course, state regulators. By extension, market participants who are involved in the promoting, selling, advising, or managing of these assets or exchanging cryptocurrencies are also exposed to regulatory requirements. So this is an exciting and daunting space because the market is developing rapidly, and in many cases, existing regulations simply did not contemplate some of the issues associated with blockchain technology. That's a uh, yeah. That's uh, great to hear. So I'm curious about first of all, you you mentioned a couple of areas you were talking about within the blockchain practice group. Um, tell me about that blockchain practice group and how it's evolved since its inception. Sure. We actually Thompson Hine, we I believe was one of the first law firms uh, to put together a practice group in this area. Now initially the group focused on Bitcoin. Uh, now it has evolved to encompass uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency. Thompson Hine as a law firm, we're over 100 years old, and we've got the experience and resources to handle most challenging legal issues such as this. Because of that, we've put together a, a group, and the group focuses on the, the primary areas in this space, which would be investment management, privacy and data cyber data security or cybersecurity, regulatory and tax professionals are also involved in our practice group, and of course we draw upon other lawyers in the firm with respect to clients' corporate, employment, tax structuring, and other needs. One of the things participants in this marketplace need to understand is that the regulatory landscape is rapidly evolving and proper consideration and resources should be dedicated to structuring a compliant business model that can withstand the scrutiny of the regulators with a team of professionals who can guide you through the process and, and really act as a partner. So that's where Thompson Hine has tried to fill that need. For more than a century, we've been committed to excellence on behalf of our clients, our people, and the communities in which we live and work. The firm is, has been recognized for its innovation, value-driven approach to delivering legal services. In fact, just today, American Lawyer published an article about our innovation survey and our firm's focus on innovation and legal markets. We have this program. It's called the Smart Path Program that was created to respond to clients' needs for a more predictable, efficient, and transparent service experience. It combines legal project management, value-based pricing, flexible staffing, and process efficiency to align service delivery with clients' business goals. And Thompson Hine has made significant investments both in talent, this proprietary technology and processes, and the infrastructure to increase efficiency and provide better value for our clients. What kind of uh, client is looking to get involved in your Smart Path program? You know, we really we really offer that to all of our clients. So, as I said, we're a business business focused law firm. We have a multi multidisciplinary practice across you know a wide wide variety of different practice areas. Um, but within the blockchain, um, with respect to blockchain specifically, what we would do is on introducing a client. You know, first we go through the conflicts of interest check. We sit down and talk to them, try to understand the, the products or services they're looking to offer, see if we can be a, a good fit. And then we draw upon past experiences and past projects uh, through the data collected via our SmartPath smart program to build out 
um, to build out either an estimate or a project budget, and it really works towards you know tracking that entire uh, legal project from beginning to end. It's also easy to identify if there's a, a new issue or concern that wasn't contemplated on the on the front end that's going to drive up cost, so that uh, we as a service provider and our clients can can better respond real time to uh, you know what the legal costs are going to be. Okay, so earlier you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned um, First of all, the regulatory uh, space, and that's you know that's definitely a, a big, uh, big player this year. I want to go really quick over to the tax implications of um, the blockchain particular space. What kind of things are you seeing, perhaps in your practice or just in general, with um, tax implications that are soon to come? Well, with regards to tax implications, uh, I, th- I think that's the first thing. Everybody, everyone should be aware that there, you know, are going to be tax implications, um, you know, on buying and selling some of these cryptocurrencies. And uh, mistakenly, we've heard um, we've heard stories mistakenly of people maybe not building that into their consideration up front when they're building out their business model, or um, assuming there's perhaps some kind of um, like-kind exchange uh, treatment, which really isn't available. I know the IRS has stated um, that cryptocurrencies are uh, treated as property, but there's also been some movement in that space. I'm, I'm not a tax attorney specifically, so I would encourage anyone who has questions to reach out. But even even in terms of you know, institutional investments, there's a, there's a Bitcoin investors trust, but there's for, been forks in the Bitcoin. So even in terms of uh, funds who may have invested in that type of a vehicle and the accounting treatment related to those investments, that's something that you're going to need professional guidance with, be it, be it your auditing firm, uh, your lawyers. But there are several different nuances uh, with respect to uh, blockchain and some of these cryptocurrencies and I would encourage everyone to seek specific guidance. Uh, so what kind of things are you seeing in the regulation pipeline? Well, just recently I read a survey that was published by the World Economic Forum, and it predicted that by 2020, about 10% of global GDP will be stored using blockchain. As more and more transactions are conducted and assets are accumulated on blockchain or other distributed ledger technologies, the potential to revolutionize how we conduct business across nearly all sectors becomes available, as do questions about legal implications, including risk management and privacy and regulatory concerns. There has been a lot already in in the in the pipeline. If anyone is um, you know watching the news or paying attention, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, has been particularly vocal in this space. And just within the past month, they have gone out via subpoena or request for documentation to uh, I believe the reported number was over 80 either issuers of tokens and cryptocurrencies, uh, cryptocurrency hedge funds, or other providers or um, people operating in the space in order to collect information. So via what's been reported in the news by some of those recipients, they're doing um, top-to-bottom examination of everything involved, even where a token was sold as a security via a private placement offering. They are they are looking at, looking at everything for two reasons. First of all, I think to collect data on what's going on in the marketplace. That's a common approach that the SEC uses. But also for enforcement purposes to determine whether there are any there are any concerns about fraud or other unsavory activity. And for those two purposes, they've gone to a, a wide range of 
people in the blockchain cryptocurrency space. The SEC has also requested, formally requested comments on a Bitcoin ETF. They have not yet declared any Bitcoin ETF effective, but for several years now, those, those have been filed and requested. And they are actively talking to you know, legal providers, auditors, several people in the space trying to, I believe, trying to get their, their hands around all of the issues and potential legal implications, hopefully trying to manage how to better regulate or tailor current regulations to address the developments in the blockchain space, particularly with respect to cryptocurrency. And it's not just the Securities and Exchange Commission. State regulators have become involved as well. The CFTC is looking into their own set of issues. And of course, there are futures now being traded on Bitcoin. So there's regulation on that front, even in terms of exchanges that are out there. The SEC has not just gone out to specific providers and requested information, but they've given a lot of public comments with regards to the space and um, essentially warnings to anyone who's involved to make sure that they are doing any everything in compliance with current laws. Just in kind of a, a really broad, uh, maybe helicopter view of the situation, um, or maybe even higher up than that, like let's, let's say like a 20,000 foot view of the the landscape and looking at the the SEC's involvement. Um, you mentioned data and enforcement. I, there mm-hmm. are two sides to it. So from the SEC's side, um, what do you think the the perception is or the the real the goal is to to just understand better or um, and actually in relation to the uh, ICOs and and whatever. How do you think those two things are are working together to to evolve into a streamlined process? If that makes sense. Well, I, I hope they're working together to evolve into a streamlined process or, or standard approach. Uh, you know, the legal community or certain people within the legal community have made some proposals, um, which the SEC has has not specifically adopted. As a matter of fact, I think they've gone a little bit in the opposite direction. But you know, the the purview of the SEC is to is to you know protect and serve the the public, the main street investor. That's one of their guiding principles, um, you know, that they typically include in everything they do. So the um, the examinations that they're doing don't just relate to data collection and understanding the market. They they do relate to, you know, protection. And I know from everything they've said, one of the primary concerns is that there are investors um, or purchasers, if you will, getting into this space who don't quite understand. They don't understand how the technology works. They don't understand um, what they're buying. They don't understand the risk of loss. They don't understand, you know, the volatility. Just if you look at Bitcoin, the, there's extreme volatility in the space. And then if you go to some of these other proprietary tokens, you know, perhaps there's some something, a platform being sold that is not even developed yet. And so that's one of their primary concerns. Um, but alongside of that, they they are going to the more sophisticated players in the space who who have treated sales of tokens as sales of securities and attempted to line them up with existing regulations and you know part of it really is a, a fact finding mission i mean this is a this is a newer space it's been around really been developing since 2008 but it seems to have taken off in the past um 12 to 18 months and you know whenever that happens when you have something emerging and developing so rapidly and um you know it's a 
it's a, becoming a fairly big piece of the market already, less so in the United States than perhaps in Asia. But, uh, you know, that's what has the regulators concerned. And, and hopefully from that, you know, 20,000 foot view, they they can start, you know, coming to some decisions about, you know, how how they want to treat these things, what's appropriate. I mean, the courts will be involved certainly at some point, but that's, I, I'm not, I wish I could speak to how long that process will take. Um, you've seen, quite frankly, I mean, via executive order, President Trump uh, prohibited the, the purchase um, and sales of Petro by U.S. U.S. citizens and companies. Now, that was because the, the Petro is a uh, cryptocurrency coin put out by Venezuela, um, perhaps to circumvent some of the US, existing U.S. sanctions. That's another avenue to, to consider. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I've wondered so much about the like from that really high view, um, especially hearing about all the 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 news outside of the U.S. You know, Swiss um, Swiss regulation and or, or regulators, um, those kind of rules are coming down and and making a lot of sense. And outside of that, it, just in the, the market itself and how fast things are moving in Asia, yeah, definitely things are are exploding. So mm-hmm. it, it's interested to bring it back to the U.S. and see how, from a global perspective, that will affect us, you know, kind of on the, you know, nationally. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I, I hope that the U.S. can uh, continue to be on the forefront of all technological advances, you know, blockchain in particular. And, and I guess we should take a step back. And, you know, I mean, blockchain is the technology that all of these uh, cryptocurrencies are based upon. But there's other applications, you know, besides, aside from cryptocurrency. Um, so it's, I, I hope, it, it would be my hope that U.S. regulation doesn't impede, um, you know, the U.S. As, U.S. companies' involvement um, in some of this space. I hope, I hope that U.S. regulation isn't driving, you know, talented individuals out of the U.S. I don't, I don't know that I've seen any evidence of that yet, but that's what some people have speculated. And, um, you know, certainly we don't, we don't want to fall behind. Um, but in the same respect, you know, I do believe the U.S. regulators, uh, you know, they do take a protective view of the public and. It, you know what what they're doing in this space is not inconsistent with with you know the way they've always operated. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. You mentioned uh, things outside of cryptocurrency in the blockchain space. What what kind of things are you um, personally excited about outside of cryptocurrency? You know, so many things. I I just I mean the the whole you know the point of it is this really is a digital le- ledger. So anything can be maintained uh, on the blockchain. From a financial transaction standpoint, um, I think some idealists, e- even a few years back, were suggesting you know there'd be no more middlemen or, or perhaps lawyers. <laughs> but I, I think um, you know I think there's still going to need to be professionals involved. But um, but the, the you know the sheer volume of uh, data that's generated needs to be stored, secured, accessed. Um, you know. Blockchain really provides a, a viable solution, um, you know, to the to the magnitude of problems um, associated with that, and you know, it's a potentially a, a you know a global a global solution. So that has me really excited. I know there's been some projects towards you know a digital digital ID you know worldwide that that anyone 
um, would have better access to, even if you live in a country that doesn't have a you know a good you know banking uh, system or central government. That has me excited. Um, just some of the some of the ways people are talking about using blockchain via via the sharing economy that's developing. Um, that has me excited. It's it's really just a fascinating space, which is why I wanted to get involved. And um, you know the like I said, the applications are are infinite and seemingly endless. You know, at the beginning of even the internet or even the use of smartphones, I don't think anyone could have predicted all of the all of the apps that would be available on a smartphone uh, that we have today. And you know, I see that happening in the blockchain space. Hopefully, yeah, for the ama- go ahead. It's it's, it's amazing um, those those key points and and you know, first internet and then you know, uh, the, definitely the smartphone. You know those those two things are are huge have huge impact on the development of uh, the the human race um, and so thinking about what impact they have and then thinking about the this next forefront that we're in right now and um, what that's going to look like you know 20 years removed from the the current time it's it's just unfathomable. It's it's hard to to even process and think about, but it's exciting to be like one of those trailblazers, like like yourself in the legal space for for this particular thing right now, and imagining what that looks like um, far ahead in the future. Yeah, I wish you know, as I've said many times over the years, I I wish I I wish I had a crystal ball. You know, it it, it is hard to imagine all of the all of the ways in which this you know might impact um, society and. Uh, you know, not just in the financial services sector, which is I, where I primarily live, but, um, you know, really for all of us. And it will be, you know, it will really be exciting to watch. I, I just hope, you know, I hope that I can I can be a valuable participant in the process. Excellent. Well, Cassandra, um, where can people contact you and find out more about what you do or if they're looking for for legal services, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our website is www.thompsonhine.com. That's T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-H-I-N-E.com. My email address is uh, my full name, Cassandra.Borchers. That's B as in boy, O-R-C-H-E-R-S at thompsonhine.com. But if you go on our website, you can, you know, you can find all of us there, and um, we have all of the relevant contact information available. Well, great. Any final thoughts before we wrap today? I guess, you know, my, my final thought would, would this just be this. To every, anyone listening um, who, who is either already involved or thinking about getting involved, I, I would encourage you, you know, I would encourage encourage you to follow your passion. One of the most interesting things, I've I've had the good fortune over the years with working with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and in the blockchain space, certainly people come to it for different reasons, uh, but they're all they're all very passionate. So, you know, seek out seek out the um, mentors you need, seek out uh, you know, partners in the space, uh, legal accounting, certainly tax professionals, that's important. Um, but, you know, follow your dreams and keep keep doing what you're doing. Excellent. Cassandra, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It was wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Cassandra Borchers with Thompson Hine. And thank you for all of our listeners tuning in. We will catch you here next time on the Future Tech Podcast. 
Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018. The Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.